Welcome to the Configure Price Code podcast. My name is Frank Sohn and I'm the founder of NoCPQ Consulting. This podcast is 100% focused on Configure Price Quote, also known as CPQ, and will provide you useful insights into this topic. I'm very excited to announce Frederick Lazio as my guest again today. Frederick is the CEO of Takton, a Swedish CPQ vendor, and Frederick has many years of financial and operational experience and is leading Takton through numerous changes, and we look forward to learn more about this today. Welcome, Frederick, to the CPQ podcast. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for having me here. Frederick, we have talked a number of times, but for all the listeners that do not know you yet, uh, can you quickly introduce yourself, including why a French citizen voluntarily moved to Sweden? Are you an ABBA fan? <laughs> This is a good question. So I think to introduce myself, I would say that I'm probably a failed wannabe professional windsurfer from the west of France, from Brittany who went to mechanical engineering school and then business school instead of pursuing my dream. And af after business school, I joined Capgemini in France, where actually that's where I met my, my Swedish wingman, so my wife, and that's what brought me uh, to Sweden roughly at the end of the dot-com era, so early 2000s. And since then, I've been, I've been working in the tech and engineering sector uh, all, uh, all the time. And I joined Tacton in 2015, actually, uh, first as a consultant, a couple of months, then as an employee, being in charge of corporate development and strategy. And I became the CEO in May 2016. We'll make it now a bit more than three years. And last, so I'm an avid runner and triathlete. Uh, at least I was trying to keep, keep it up. And I'm the father of three kids. Excellent. Now let's talk a little bit more about the changes at Tacton. You took over as CEO in 2016 and since then many things have changed. Can you tell us a little bit more about these changes? Sure. So a lot of things have changed and both internally but as well externally as well. And I'm sure we will we'll get back to the changes in the market dynamic a bit later on. We all know that the customer need has evolved, the CPQ landscape itself has evolved, consolidated, so on and so forth. Uh, I think one of the key thing is that uh, we've been transforming Tacton really from this Swedish on-prem super niche player to becoming a global leader in our category and niche being manufacturing. So our transformation has been first from a Swedish company to a global company through two acquisition, opening new offices in the US, in Tokyo as well, shifting from selling a small core software on-prem to SaaS. And I think one of the key points validating that is being part of the magic quadrant uh, since last year. We've been as well working a lot be shifting from being an introvert company doing everything on our own selling marketing on our own but as well delivering on our own to playing in ecosystems like the salesforce ecosystem or with si's and last we've been a big transformation is that tacked on until 2017 what boots bootstrapped and we changed that dynamic and now we're private equity backed And all that together has driven this major transformation. Excellent. And I know there were a, a lot of changes that you mentioned. Is there anything that you're especially proud of? 
Yes, and, and I think well, if I look at the the systematic thing, it will be I'm really proud of the shift that we've done moving into a really customer success oriented organization, really understanding the customer journey, the value creation along that customer journey, and what we refer to the land adopt expand and renew model, but probably. More as a trophy, I think I'm really proud of the the inclusion last year of Tacton in in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for CPQ. This this reflects a lot all the hard work that the entire team has been putting into this transformation over the last three years. Great, and I know the the Magic Quadrant is something that all the vendors are very proud of, right? So that's uh, congratulations again for being included in there. Now. I know with the opening up and being a more global company, that's also requiring more from you, right? So I know that you're flying quite a bit around the world, including the US. Uh, what's for you with con connected to these changes? What's the best and most stressful about that? So uh, I think you, you, you should probably ask the same question to my family. And, <laughs> and I'm sure that everybody traveling a lot, we all, and, and I really enjoy it and at the same time hate it. Um, I think that, uh, of course, it's a, it's, it's a challenge to travel all the time, but at the same time, it's so, it's, it's, I really like building a global business, uh, supporting our customers, but as well, uh, uh, enabling empower our teams around the globe. And, and this, uh, gives a lot of, of energy, of course, uh, to meet on a regular basis, our customers, our team, independently, if it's in Chicago, in Germany, uh, anywhere in Europe or, or in Japan. And you probably know that some people not being in that kind of, of type of job, uh, they believe it, that it's super glamour to, to cover Stockholm, Frankfurt, San Francisco, Chicago and Tokyo within four weeks. But For the one of us doing that all the time, it's it's tough, and it's it's no the glamour part is is not really existing. And and maybe as an anecdote, uh, I had some friends, and they're working in totally different space, um, and they really didn't really understand what well, what was my job. They even think that I was a special agent at a certain point of time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So they were okay. They thought you were a special agent. That's that's hilarious. So a special agent for Tacton. So that that that's yep. cool. Now let me ask one thing. Also, since you mentioned, okay, you go into Tokyo, you go into Frankfurt, you go into the U.S. Every one of these locations has different sports, different kind of uh, uh, local things to do. Have you gotten into anything like I have an idea, like the uh, in, into basketball in the U.S. or uh, you you're into hockey in Sweden or soccer in Frankfurt or. Uh, sumo wrestling, I guess, in, in Japan. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm, I'm a former university rugby player. Uh, so for me, it was really easy to relate to, to American football. Then I haven't picked my, my team yet. Uh, of course, spending a lot of time in Chicago, that would be natural to, uh, to go and, and support the local team. But what I really learned in these travels and about sport, as probably more as an anecdote, it was like two years ago. I was going to a conference with all the team, and we decided to meet on a Sunday. Uh, I didn't really know that it was the final of the Super Bowl, and uh, that was that's when it was New England against uh, Atlanta, and. I had the really the, the bad timing that I had booked a meeting for the entire team 
right at, at the end, but the game was not finished. <laughs> and some people still hate me for that move. Oh yeah, that 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 was a bad mistake. So <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, okay, let let's talk a, a little bit more serious topics here. So because the you also were the one who pushed for the Tacton ex, uh, North America expansion, right? And hence the question, obviously, how is that going? So all in all, it's going well. Uh, all in all, it's going well. Uh, North America is a is a super important uh, market for our long term success. So Tacton, we, as you, you probably know, we are a niche play manufacturing in North America, including Canada, but North America represents one third of our TAM. So Tacton, we have a co-headquarter, uh, co-headquarter Stockholm, Chicago. We, we have built our global marketing team actually out of Chicago. Uh, lately, our CRO has relo relocated to Chicago We have transferred a team of, uh, of five people now to, uh, to our office in North America just to make sure that we have this continuity and that we can support better support our customers. Over the last 18 months, we've been, we've been onboarding uh, really great name customers and, and a few of them I can mention like Ryder, Caterpillar, Siemens, North America, Parker, Anifin, so on and so forth. So then we are now, all in all, we're a team of 20 plus people. In terms of, of metrics, we year on year, we had 71% uh, growth in annual recurring revenue. And, and now the U.S. represents roughly 12% of our uh, global business. Excellent. Congratulations. Now, when you look beyond North America and, and uh, also your core market, Scandinavia, Europe, right, also uh, Asia, what, what are the key objectives from your point of view for the foreseeable future? So, first of all, we are really focused on enabling our customer to better engage with their customer uh, independently of the channel. And there's a lot of talk today about omnichannel. And we want to enable them to monetize over the entire customer and product lifecycle. So this goes straight to our vision, which is to enable manufacturers do smart commerce. So it's really customer engagement, monetization through the lifecycle of a solution. No one is really interested about selling a piece of machine and then leaving a maintenance contract to someone else. Then a big focus for us is to continue to deliver great value for our customer. And of course, this is investing further in customer success. Um, actually, we recently recruited a new chief customer officer. Uh, we will start actually next week. Uh, so I will get back to you uh, when it starts. Uh, but bringing a, a, a lot of experience around how you drive adoption, how you drive customer success and customer, the customer plan together with the customer so that we're fully aligned. Then on top of this, it's building a scalable global platform, uh, making sure that we, uh, we, we, we can still deliver uh, to our customer in the US, in Europe, and in Japan, and keeping strengthening our partner network. So all in all, what we're seeing here is we will invest in customer success, supporting the customer, but as well investing in product, uh, product development, strengthen, strengthening our offering to, to ensure highest possible value for, for our customers. 
Yeah. And one follow-up question I want to uh, ask here is how customers react to your pricing offering. I heard from some, some that they are very pleased with what you're offering right now. I was just wondering if you want to mention anything specific regarding pricing, what you're doing there. So uh, I, I think, as you know, uh, and we might get back to that later uh, today, but no, no one gets super excited about CPQ. So, of course, for us, it's really important to support our customer or and our customers' business processes uh, independently if it's working on managing the, the variance of the product, uh, how it is priced, and how they manage different level of independent if it's, it's rabbit, if it's how not you only execute the pricing, but how you optimize the pricing. And, and that's where le leveraging a lot of data. But same goes as well with all the quoting experience and, and everything else. So we've been putting some effort into pricing. We will release new, a new offering around op price optimization moving forward. So it, it, is, it is an area of investment for us. Great. So then let me follow up on another uh, thing is like you're doing business on, on three different continents, right? So what, what are the main differences from your point of view? Because I expect not every market uh, responds the same to, to, to your offerings, right? So what, what are the main differences from your point of view? So yes, we are, uh, we are, we have a global customer and this is of course one thing that is, that is important. Some of our customers, even if they're Japanese, European or North American, we support them globally. And this is why we have offices in the U.S., in Germany, in Sweden, in Poland, now now in Japan. Being global is as well understanding the customer on a, a human to human. So we have more than 40 different nationalities, which bring great diversity into Tacton. So we understand this cultural and business dif difference across the globe. When it comes to to more, uh, I would say that business. Uh, one of the key key thing uh, is I think it would be around SaaS and and we, we see we still see a lot of difference when it comes to the appetite of adoption of uh, SaaS solution I would rather put it the resilience of some regions uh, to adopt SaaS and this is something that we will see in Germany and and still in Japan Excellent. Now, you also had the big change that you mentioned earlier was the private equity funding. I was just wondering if and how that uh, impacted the company culture at Tacton because you added a lot of people, right? So, yeah, you became more global. How has that impacted uh, your, your company culture? Over the last two, three years, we have uh, first we have acquired two companies. Uh, two companies in Germany, and we've, we've received private equity funding late 17. At the same time, we've grown significantly uh, our, our team in number of employees. I think we, we did plus 50% uh, in terms of uh, employee number. And we have expanded our presence to US and Asia. So I think in terms of culture, uh, it has evolved a lot to a more international. And it, this might go without saying. But I think one of the key changes is really to be more result-oriented, more more sales-driven culture. And this is one thing that we've been benefiting a lot from is to focus on the right thing. So all in all, um, I have I have full respect for, for the effort of transitioning a local European on-prem vendor to become a global SaaS company. It is easier said than done. And one of the big thing is shifting 
really the, this this customer culture and making sure that the only thing that count is customer success. Learn more about CPQ today. We have two offerings you probably want to know about. First, we have a free resource, our CPQ Circle Community, which offers CPQ knowledge, CPQ-specific industry knowledge, and CPQ-specific best practices, as well as CPQ job opportunities. Leading CPQ firms, system integrators, thought leaders, customers, and researchers add content here. Check it out today at www.novocpq.com. Go to resources and then select CPQ Circle Community. Second, we have a paid monthly subscription that keeps you up to date with the global CPQ market. If you are a CPQ vendor, system integrator or a large customer with multiple CPQ systems, you don't want to miss this. Go to www.novocpq.com, look for services and select subscriptions to learn more. And what are the main differences for Tacton between the Salesforce and the Microsoft Dynamics business? If I take it at a more at a, overall level, doing doing CPQ, uh, CPQ is, there's different ecosystem or uh, a different ecosystem that we need to integrate integrate into. Of course, our our objective is to connect the customer, which is CRM, with the factory, which is ERP and with the product, which is PLM and CAD. Now, if I double-click specifically uh, on CRM, which is your question, uh, partnering with top CRM vendors are super important for us. And as you probably know that for some time, we've had a really close relationship uh, with Salesforce, being a premium partner, and we are leveraging their, their knowledge and footprint. We have this tight relationship with Salesforce, which is uh, which is super interesting. Uh, even if in some cases we can be seen as competitor, and I think I can put it this way: that if we're competing in a deal, either we or Salesforce are in the wrong deal. When it comes to Microsoft, it's still we're still in the early days. Microsoft is an important player. We, in our strategy to be agnostic, we need to as well be able to support our customer who has made the the choice to work with Microsoft. Uh, but we're expecting a great deal uh, from from Oregon Clover with, with both of them. But now you mentioned that you double-clicked only on CRM. How about then double-clicking on the other two on your PLM and ERP systems too? When it comes to ERP, I think the one of the value uh, the value of Tacton, uh, if I compare it to to other uh, to other people in that space, is so yes, we're focusing on enabling a better customer experience and improving sales efficiency or sales velocity. So quicker quotes, uh, and, and this is one thing that many can do. The real value that we generate comes a lot from operational excellence, making sure that your quote is correct, that you can put it into an ERP and manufacture it. So it's really having making sure that your sales bill of material is equivalent to your manufacturing bill of material or uh, engineering bill of material without having to shift system or to throw that over the fence. So ERP for us, it's important to integrate, but we don't need to, it's more data integration. We don't need to give 
a customer experience UI UX integration. And same goes with PLM and CAD, where the users of our system will be different. Uh, it will be, in that case, more sales engineer uh, or engineers who want to do so-called engineering to order. And it's important that there's a seamless data integration, that they can push back the, uh, the drawings, 2D, 3D drawings into a quote, but it's not as important from a customer experience. My next question is about the partner network. Tacton has a solid partner network in Europe. In North America, that's something that you had to build. And I'm wondering, how is that going so far? We've been building, uh, we have different needs. Our customers have different needs. Uh, knowing that our customer range for mid-market, uh, being in the $200 million revenue size, to global business turning over 10, 20 plus billion dollars. And of course, the magnitude of the transformation they're running uh, needs to be driven by different type of partners. And then partners, there's a difference between doing purely supporting us and our customer to implement Tacton or driving a deep transform transformational change or program uh, such as if you, if you look what Accenture uh, is doing, speaking a lot about industrial consumerism and really helping customers together with Tacton to go through this change of the way you you market, sell, fulfill, and serve a product or a solution in this customer journey. Mm -hmm. So that said, uh, we need to have different type of partners. We're leveraging good references in Europe and bring that now to North America. And we have a, a good working relationship with, uh, with Deloitte, with Capgemini, with Accenture, but as well with some smaller, what I would describe more local or super niche uh, implementation partners. Now, I see a lot of interest from uh, CPQ vendors in e-commerce solution and how to integrate with that, right? So now there are different flavors of this. Obviously, the simplest one is to just show your configurator on somebody's website. A more complex integration is to integrate with another e-commerce package. I was just wondering what you're thinking about this integration in general. Sure. And you put the finger on something which is uh, super important, which was more an emerging trend a few years ago, but now which is on the agenda of a lot of our customers. And the key here is really to offer our customers' customer a really fast, focused, and really personal experience, independently of the channel. So when you said that to integrate CPQ on a website, yes, this will be probably in the customer journey in the discovery phase. I want to engage with a brand, with a product. I want to configure it. Uh, I want an immersive experience, so I probably want to see it in 3D or even maybe in, in augmented reality. And then it becomes a, a, a lead, and then maybe a, a distributor will call me or direct sales to move that into the sales funnel. I think what we see a lot of manufacturers are not on par with Tesla, where you can press the buy button from a website, but they really want to lead gen. And then we need to make the difference between the sales of an initial solution, including a big piece of machinery, independently if it's a turbine, a packaging line, a truck. And then there's the 
the post-sales or what I would say the post-commissioning era where you've sold your machine and then there's 10 years of usage of that machine with a lot of use case around spare parts, around services and how you better serve your, your customer over the, the, over the lifespan of your product. And this is where there's a lot of e-commerce and CPQ integration use case because of you want to monetize uh, digitally, not to have a sales or, or human interaction in that process. And maybe I can illustrate that with uh, with some some cases where we we have a customer they're doing uh, they're doing elevator for disabled people. So. This user experience starts with this vendor or their partner. They come to your house because you need an elevator to go to your first floor because you you can't walk. They're using immersive technology. In this case, uh, AR with HoloLens. So they measure the room. On an iPad, we're configuring through Tacton the, the best solution and a valid solution. And then this goes to, and then we can show the customer back that is it, if it's what you want, and then we can press the button. Then do you monetize by doing the transaction on the spot or not? This is another uh, another thing, but we see that that's one of the use case of the use case of CPQ and commerce. Okay, so then uh, let, let's since since we're already at this topic with advanced capabilities, let's also talk a little bit about AI and, and IoT industry 4.0. Is there anything else that that you uh, think is misunderstood so far in the market, and that you want to take the chance to clarify? Um, th this is a good point, and and first of all, I, I think we need to to restate that uh, no one, uh, or I think we would all agree that no one would get excited about speaking about CPQ itself. Maybe you, Frank, and me, yeah. but uh, <laughs> maybe not the customer. Yeah. So, our customer, what they want to do is to drive a better customer experience. They want to improve sales velocity while improving their operational excellence. So you can see this as profitable mass individualization. And of course, we need to enhance that experience by leveraging new technologies. When it comes to AI and everybody speaks about AI and everybody mix, mix a little bit AI and ML, uh, actually AI, Tacton, we started with AI in 1998. And This is actually the one of our key strengths being our technology based to our configurator, which is AI-driven. Right now, the real interest is how do we go and enrich this discussion through machine learning? In terms of new technology, we're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of traction, and we at Tacton are putting a lot of emphasis on immersive technology, augmented reality, 3D visualization, and even more now shifting that visualization is not the output, but the in, the input or the start, so visual configuration. When we look at IoT, at the end, it's just, it's just a, a, feedback, a, feed, a data feedback loop. And in our vision to enable manufacturing with smart commerce, that's the part, that's the smart part, is how do we go and leverage all the data independently If it is your your customer data, what they're what well what you're quoting, what they're buying, but at the same time the asset in the field reporting back the usage. 
And IoT itself is not super interesting, it's more the use case, and what can we do with that data? And what we're looking at uh, at Tacton is, how do we use that data to enable new business models? So this servitization, and this will circulate around um, revenue management or even more specific subscription management. Excellent. Now, one thing I wanted to follow up on, you mentioned earlier how important Gardner was for you. Uh, now, there you also have the online software review sites which represent an alternative or an additional source of information for CPQ software, right? And you have sites like G2, Captera, uh, featured customers, and there's a whole bunch of others, right? So I was just wondering, how important are these online review sites for Tacton these days? Sure, and this is a really valid valid question. And, and online reviews are, are great validation of our solutions since they're really provided by the real user. So a review on G2 is important for us. So on one side is one of our customers that, that invests time in reviewing us, but as well it gives good insight to other companies who want to buy CPQ. So I'm super happy too that we have right now a G2 rating of 4.3, which we're um, very proud of. Then one comment around the review side is we see there's a major difference between North America and Europe. In Europe, it's still the, the B2B review culture is not here yet. Uh, so we see that uh, it's super valuable, but a difference between North America and Europe. I guess we could keep going here for quite some time, Frederick. But as always, it's very interesting talking to you, but we have to come to the end of this podcast episode. What's a good way for interested listeners to follow up with you if they have any questions? You find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can even reach out directly in my email, flfrederick.com. And I would be super happy to, to jump on a video call or even grab a coffee, uh, depending on where you are in the world. Frederick, thank you very much for making time for this interview. Thank you, Frank. It was a great pleasure. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and hope you learned something interesting today. If you like the podcast, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes or share it with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, you can find us online at www.novocpq.com. So long, everyone.